Welcome to the Innovation and in Government Show, sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month, we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now, here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Jason Schick, the General Manager for U.S. Public Sector at Confluent. Jason, thanks so much for taking the time. Great to be here. Let me set just a little bit of context for our discussion today. Data is the connective tissue across all agency mission areas. No matter if you're serving citizens at the Social Security Administration or the IRS, or defending the Homeland, the Defense Department, or the Homeland Security Department, data is driving those decisions. The challenge, of course, is data is always moving, it's always changing. To help rein in this data monster, if you will, agencies have been using concepts outlined in the federal data strategy. The 2021 action plan released last fall outlines 11 goals for agencies to meet as part of setting their long-term foundation for using data in new and better ways. The strategy emphasizes the need for enterprise-wide data standards and coordination of data, as well as using data to inform annual budget and planning. The administration expects agencies to start addressing those enterprise goals beginning in 2023, so next year. OMB also expects agencies to optimize self-service data analytics capabilities starting by 2026 and by 2029. It seems far away, but it's really not in many ways. The strategy expects agencies to reach the final stage where they're making proactive evidence-based decisions on automating data improvements. While the strategy obviously lays out a lot of long-term plans to accelerate the value of data, there are things that agencies can do today to really take advantage of their information. For how they can do that, well, that's where my guest comes in. Once again, I'm joined by Jason Schick, the General Manager for U.S. Public Sector at Confluent. I, I let us off with the data strategy piece, and, and there's a lot of focus on it. How is Confluent looking at the data strategy? How's that kind of influencing where you're going, how you serve your, your customers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, thanks thanks for that intro. You definitely did your homework, Jason. Um, so, first thing about Confluent, I think is just a useful level set. So, some listeners might be familiar with Confluent um, based on the way we're used in industry or different government use cases. Um, Confluent is based on a secure enterprise packaging of Apache Kafka, um, and it's used in a lot of, of projects that are focused on things like digital services, cyber modernization, harnessing sensor data to build data-rich experiences and applications. So we're, we're a data movement platform, and what that really means in practical terms is we're all about taking data from wherever it lives today, whether it's on-prem or up in a cloud, and moving it to wherever it's needed um, as it's needed, when it's needed. So if you, if you read into the federal data strategy, there's 10 core principles, and we're, we're really highly focused on four of them, which are grouped under the heading conscious design. Um, we, we do some really important things to make it so that government organizations can demonstrate responsiveness, ensure relevance, harness existing data, and anticipate future use cases. So there, those are four of the principles that are called out in the federal data strategy. And we've got a lot to say on that. I'm looking forward to, to going back and forth with you. The data movement and take it where it is, take, send it where it needs to be, and make sure it's avail available. We hear a lot of the edge, right? T data to the edge. You got to get, you know, cloud to the edge, data to the edge. Everything's at the edge now. Is is that where kind of the, the focus has been for a lot of agencies? When you talk to your customers, are they okay? That's great. We have everything in our data center or in some cloud. But hey, our people who are inspecting meat or our people who are at the border, that they really need the data. Is that, is that the conversations you're having? That's, that's one major topic of conversation. Um, data's, data's tricky. Data's, uh, getting, getting your arms around the data problem is a truly enterprise, a truly whole of government um, exercise. And, and that's really what makes it hard. Um, 
One cool thing about talking about data at the edge is when people think about the edge, they think about mobile use cases. They even think about disconnected use cases. And that starts to pretty naturally lead you into thinking about how things are changing. And for Confluent, and this is where I think things are really exciting for Confluent and what we're doing, we've taken a different way of imagining what data really is. So for a lot of us, we grew up in the IT space viewing data as a static thing. And we've built a, a series, vast enterprises of collection tanks, usually relational databases, where data is stored until somebody or some system comes looking for it. And while that works fine in a lot of use cases, if the objective is to take the best possible action in the moment based on complete up-to-date information, then we can probably do better. So talking about mobile edge, um, out there in the edge particularly, but anywhere in the real world, things are constantly changing. And data is just that digital representation of what's happening in the real world. So what we'd really want to do is, you know, as the real world is changing, we want the data to change. We want the data to move to the people in the systems that are responsible for taking action. So what Confluent has done is we've reimagined data from being a passive asset to an active asset, putting it in motion where the event, where the thing that happens, whether it's at the edge or whether, it, whether it's in a call center, the event is the catalyst for taking really specific targeted action. Let's dig into that a little bit because I think that's important because again, we hear a lot about, oh, I got to get data here, data there. Actually, it doesn't matter. It's got to go to the right person at the right time or right people uh, at the right time and the right situation. And, and how, how, do, how does that happen? Because again, there's so much of it, it's constantly changing. And the data that we have right now has changed now, has changed mm -hmm. now, has changed right. now. Yep. So maybe walk me through a little bit how that process works, not just for Confluent, but, but more generally for, for uh, when you talk to agency customers. Sure, yeah, so uh, we're generating more and more data than we ever have, right? So I think part of what you're getting at is just the, the overload. So the trick is uh, you don't want to push everything to somebody or some system. It, it needs to be set so that uh, the user, the app, the system, whatever you want to say, is subscribing to the things that they care about. And so the data is in motion. It doesn't mean that that target environment, that target person is, is going to be fed a fire hose of, of all the data that might possibly be out there. So um, you know, rather than it, the conventional pull model, it, the data flows proactively, but that doesn't mean the system has to take it all. I love that the data flows proactively, but it's it's what you care about. So obviously, if just the examples I've used in my interview, if you're talking about Social Security or IRS or whomever, if they're serving citizens, they, they're going to say, we want this box of data. That's but right. if you're DOD or Homeland Security or CBP or whomever, they want a, a different box of data. And that's that's where you all and, and other partners in the industry can help them kind of define that and then, okay, is this the right data? No, okay, what would be the right data? Kind of go through that iterative process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. So the, the trick is to be able to subscribe to what you care about. And like anything, it requires planning and thought, <laughs> but uh, it allows to have a highly personalized experience for the citizen, um, the claimant, the call center operator, whoever it might be. It could be a, you know, somebody um, in the mission space out at the tactical edge. Um, the data itself is going to be a really good guide for what they care about. 
And, and I think the other piece of it is, is that understanding the business process side. Well, what, what are you trying to achieve in that business process? Yes, you could have all the data in the world, but if you get too much, it's useless. And if you get too little, you're, you're going to feel like you're not active. Is that another conversation you have is that end result? What are you trying to achieve? How often does that come up? Well, it, it comes up all the time. Well, um, hope so, so right? <laughs> Yeah, the, so there's a, there's a sort of um, a cultural element to this, right? So the, the federal data strategy has 10 core principles, and the ones that I just highlighted a minute ago are, are more technical in nature, and that's a natural place for us to start. But a lot of the rest of them are cultural. And um, there's some important things about the way we approach that space uh, that make it easy to experiment. And so... You know, in in you know prior eras, one of the biggest obstacles was to do anything interesting with technology. You had to write a big check up front, and you had you had to really hope that you did your homework right. And you know sometimes that works, but but you're taking a gamble. What what you can do with Confluent or any open core software like we are, uh, like I said, we're we're built on top of Apache Kafka. That means you can experiment. If you're a project manager, if you're a user, you can experiment with some ideas. And so you can start with your thesis, like this is the data that I need to serve you know, my border patrol agents, for instance. Um, but you might not have that right, and that's okay because you haven't really risked a whole lot of money up front. You haven't risked your reputation. What you've, you can start to use some open source software to get started and learn some things. The way... Um, this data in motion platform is designed, data is discoverable, and once a data source is published, anybody that's got the right credentialing can access it. So in that scenario I'm talking about, somebody can start to try their ideas out with data that, that they subscribe to from somewhere else, and they don't have to negotiate service level agreements, and they don't have to build deep point-to-point -point integrations with those source systems, they can just subscribe. So the, the cost and friction of acquiring data goes way down, and the upfront investment in the software to try out their ideas goes way down. And so culturally, that makes it a lot, a lot easier to take some risks, to try some ideas. If you're a, a program manager, or if you're the person responsible for budget, you can green light some of these ideas because it's not as big of a gamble. So um, the business models of companies like Confluent actually really help make it more possible to try ideas and iterate. And, and when you do that, you know, then see some amazing things start to happen over time that, that you can't even predict. And I think that's also a way to, to change that culture you mentioned. We always hear IT is about culture change. People have to see those small wins. and Oh, my job is a little easier now because of that data. Or my job is a little easier because the business process that, that leans on that data that I've collected. Or vice versa, well, that didn't help, but I only spent two weeks on it and now I'm moved to the next thing. You hear that, I think, all the a time. A lot, or yeah, some of that looked all right. <laughs> some of that, let's never do that again. Let's never do it. But, but it, it, you learn. Yeah, and I think that's, that's really what this is about because if, 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 again, because of the way data flows and the way because it changes all the time, it's a constant state of learning. And, and it actually brings us around to a great piece because when we talk about data and, and, and really the flow is proactive and making sure that you're getting the right people at the right time, I'm not on an island, you're not on an island, we need to work together. And, and, and again, when I, you know, IRS needs to work with SSA, who needs to work with, GSA, who needs to work with, 
so on and so forth. Is that interagency, shared services, shared data services, is that something else you're starting to see grow? We are, yeah. Um, and you know, obviously that's existed for a long time. And, and it's necessary because of the way government works. Different agencies need to do validations and checks with one another in order to go and, and do what they do. Um, but it's always been hard because when you integrate systems across departments or across agencies, uh, you, there's a lot of negotiation. There's the, you know, it costs money from both sides. And if you have these deep integrations, then if you try to change something in department A, department B either has to come with you or they block you. And so you know, you, what you really want, and this is something that's, that's core to the way Confluent is built, you want to decouple your, your data producers and your data consumers. And so by doing that, um, those, you know, multiple agencies can share data um, freely. The, the cost of that, that initial integration is a lot less, but most importantly, they don't impose restraints on one another. So they can continue to evolve as they would want to and they can continue to add other subscribers to this data service that they create without um, creating this brittle inter interdependency between lots of different systems. So it's really important, and we're seeing customers start to recognize that that's the case. Um, and um, you know, we're really excited about some of the examples. It's a little too early to talk publicly about some of what we're seeing. I wish I could. You knew I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew yeah. I would. I, and, and I'd love to tell you. <laughs> Maybe next time you have to come on again. That's yeah. Let's uh, make a point of that. You, you're bringing up the brittleness of it, and you bring up all, all the the pieces and parts. And I always think about uh, as someone who likes to read the Federal Register. Maybe not every day anymore, but but quite often I know it's a, a snooze fest. But there's always something called the computer matching program that basically requires Agency X to get permission from Agency Y to to share data. Mm -hmm. And it's always like, why why do they have to do that? And then it was explained to me years ago about the why. So so if you can make it. Easier again. You go back to what you did, said: decouple data producer from the data consumer. That kind of resolves some of those concerns. Yeah, yeah. It, a thing that I can't resist interjecting there. You know, like people talk a lot about how you know somebody that owns the source system doesn't want to share their data, um, and you know sometimes people say, well, that's because data is power, and they want to preserve their power, and you know that could be true in some cases. But there's other like real constraints there. They have a team. And if they're going to loan their team out to talking to external organizations all day long about things like schemas and, and data formatting and all kinds of things that that other organization needs to know to access their data, either they're going to burn their team out, they won't be able to satisfy their own mission objectives, or or they're going to blow through their budget. And so there are there have historically been good reasons to be careful about how you share data because it, it's expensive. Well, there's ways to make it cheaper, and we're going to talk about that in the next segment. We'd love to help. Let's, let's take a quick break. You're listening to the discussion, Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. Confluent is building the foundational platform for data in motion. Our offering runs wherever the mission is, in the cloud, on-prem, and at the edge. Designed to be the intelligent connective tissue enabling real-time data from multiple sources to constantly stream across your agency. With Confluent, agencies can create a central nervous system to innovate in a digital-first world. Your agency is in motion. Now you have a data platform for it. Learn more at confluent.io slash government. 
Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Jason Schick, the General Manager for U.S. Public Sector at Confluent. Now, Jason, before break, we were talking about this idea of sharing services, if you will, sharing data, the interagency connection. And it, I guess, occurs to me as we're having this conversation is, why not just create a big data lake? We hear that all the time, or, or a data ocean, or, or whatever we're calling it mm -hmm. these days, and people can just kind of tap in, tap out as they need it. Why is that not necessarily the, the best approach? Yeah, so it's really not an either or kind of approach that makes sense when, when you look at the whole of government. It, it's both. And so if you look at apps, systems that are designed for the people that take action, um, they run on data. And so, <clears throat> Um, they might query the data that's in those data lakes. And in those data lakes, they're, they're important systems for analytics purposes um, or data refineries. But because the apps run on data, it means you need a way to get the data to flow to those apps. Um, back to what I was saying before about data in motion. As something happens in the real world that the person on the front line needs to know about, you want, that, you want the best data to show up in their hands so they can do something. And so you need a way to move data from the data lake or from wherever it's generated and perhaps even combine stuff that's in the data lake with other sensor-generated data and bring it to the people that are on the front lines. So it's, you know, data lakes are good, they're important, but you need that connective tissue to, to move the data to the place where it has the greatest impact. It's, it's a good expl explanation of why you need not either or, but data lakes and this platform of motion. So let's maybe talk a little bit about that platform of motion. As agencies are considering it, why they're considering it, what, what are some of those things that they should keep in mind? What are some of those benefits? <clears throat> sure. Yeah, so it, it probably makes sense to, to look at some of the, um, the objectives that are laid out in the federal data strategy um, you know, under the conscious design principles. So <clears throat> there are things that, that they call out explicitly, collection, dissemination. Um, data needs to be appropriate, accurate, objective, accessible, useful, understandable, timely. Um, the, the objective here is for the reuse of data and the ability to acquire additional data. Um, and the, the data strategy calls for a plan for reuse and to build in interoperability from the start. So those are all, I'm just pulling those directly from the federal data strategy. I think a lot of these are, are self-reinforcing and there are a couple core themes I think are important to, to understand as we talk about a platform. Um, so uh, core to data is trust, right? If, if I'm using data, especially from an external organization where I don't know the people, I don't know the history around the data, then how do I know it hasn't been tampered with? How do I know what it really means? How do I know when it's up to date? How do I get it from the right source or the best source? Um, Data needs to be discoverable and accessible. So what is out there? How do I know what's out there? Um, how can I get to it without burning out my budget? Um, if I'm the owner, how do I share it without burning out my budget <laughs> and overloading my team? Uh, the objective is to have a flexible data framework so we can make it possible to share data within and across organizations with, without locking ourselves into that, that brittle set of interdependencies. Um, so how can we keep innovating without forcing everybody to take that next step together all at once? Um, and then you know, the timeliness of data is essential and, and that's, that's probably the good, the good inflection point in, in this, this talk track. That not every government use case requires data to flow in real time, but I think most people would agree they want 
the right people notified when something important happens. And so that, that's all what the government is trying to do. So to meet those objectives, you want a data layer that uses a publish and subscribe paradigm so data sources can be discoverable and consumable by any party as long as they're authorized. You want the data to be transmitted on a platform where it can't be tampered with. So you know, in the case of Confluent, it's built on top of an immutable commit log. So if the data's in there, you know that it hasn't been monkeyed with. Um, you want the ability to, to synchronize different systems in different data streams so you can combine them in lots of different ways. You, know, it's, you want to be able to reuse data and you want to be able to um, build in interoperability from the start. And you need to set yourself up so, so different use cases you haven't thought about yet can be, can be delivered. Um, and so that means you have to have decoupled data producers and consumers. Um, and then it's got to be something that can scale. So it's got to be able to support heavy throughput, low latency, um, as well as you know, scenarios where the data volumes are lower, the, the requirements might um, not require nearly as, as fast a response time, but you want a data platform that can span that entire, that entire range. And if you, if you have that, then that makes it, that, that's a connective layer that allows you to, to incorporate your data lakes, your data catalogs, uh, the data refineries. So if you think about the government as a body, each of these are organs. And you, know, you, you got lungs, you got a brain, you got a kidney. They all do different things. They all do different things with data. Um, in this scenario, you need a connective tissue. And at Confluent, we think of ourselves as that central nervous system. I want to go back to something you said just briefly is uh, immutable commit log. And, and I think we know what it means, but let's just put a finer point on it because I think that's the key here. Make sure your data is not monkeyed with or, or messed with. Immutable, you think of, I think of blockchain and how, you know, how, how that works, the distributed ledger approach. Is, mm -hmm. is that basically, I know it's not necessarily using that technology, but, but that's what you're saying here is, is once the data comes in, you know who's changed it, who's read it, who's touched it. You have all those things. Mm -hmm. yeah, Talk that, a little bit through that's, it. That's, that is right. And there are a lot of things that are, that are, I think, similar between that immutable commit log and a blockchain, for example. And it's, it's really useful, you, you almost said it right there, is you know, when something happens, and you know, either it was really good or really bad, uh, you probably want to go back and see what really happened. And so you want the ability to go replay that data, and maybe in the context of other data feeds. And so by having that immutable commit log, having the ability to persist that data, it allows you to do things like replay an incident. Maybe it's a cyber breach or something like that. You can replay that and, and learn from it, study it, and, and then incorporate that perhaps into AI and ML models that you might be looking to deploy later. You knew where I was going next, because I was going to ask you, because we talked about the volume of data, you have the velocity of data, you have the veracity of data, the, the Vs of data, and, and the only way to deal with all of that data is, is what's coming to be is, is intelligent automation, AI, ML. How, do, how, do, how are you guys looking at those new and, and emerging capabilities to, to help with the data? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're essential. And you know, the, they've gotten a lot of attention, and I think rightfully so. There are a couple tricks, though, and some, some of the things, if you look at some of the, the more prominent government AI um, initiatives, data acquisition is, is a challenge. 
And so we've talked about the, the virtues of Confluent before. We do a lot to help make data more accessible. So just as an enabler, that I think we're, we're a really valuable piece of that ecosystem there. But then there's the next piece of talking about AI and ML. Um, when we think about analytics, I think there's a natural tendency to think about uh, interrogating large stores of historical data to build models and train models. And you know, that's, that's important. You, if you don't have enough data to build a model, you don't have, you've just got, <laughs> you've got an opinion. Um, but <clears throat> once you've got those models, then how do, you, how do you operationalize them? How do you inject them into the business or in the mission? Well, you probably, in a number of cases, want to apply those AI and ML models to the data in motion as it's moving from wherever it's captured to the people that are responsible for taking some action. And so the ability to, to inject those AI and ML models into your data streams should be part of what, uh, you know, what data-centric, data-driven government professionals are thinking about. Is that further down the path when you talk about data in motion and really making data accessible and, and, and proactive? Or can folks use those technologies, AI, ML, whether they're a novice in this kind of world of data in motion or they're you know, in that medium stage, the crawl, walk, run, where does AI and ML kind of fit? Everywhere, probably, but. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's happening now, right? So there are, there are a lot of data scientists out there and, and you know, the government's spending a lot of energy on how to grow more. So that's happening sort of in parallel. And I think that's it's probably a healthy thing. They're going to learn things about, about model development and curation and, and drift and things like that that they can apply as more and more data streams come online. So I, I see them naturally becoming intertwined over time, but they, I don't think it has to be an interdependency up front. There's a lot of gains to be had working both of them independently today. But if we look at where things ultimately are going to go for like best, they will come together. Uh, Jason, we're just out of time before I let you go. In 30 seconds or less, if you can, what's the big takeaway from our conversation? What should agencies keep in mind? Yeah, so start small. And what you get with, with something like a Confluent is you get the ability to try ideas out. You can go download software at no charge. Uh, there's all kinds of things you can learn from on our developer site and in Git repositories. Um, and you can start to try your ideas and, and get people on board with those ideas organizationally. So we encourage that. Um, check us out, confluent.io, government and you're going to start to see some cool things that hopefully get your juices flowing. All right, I'm sure we'll have a link to that too on federalnewsnetwork.com. But unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. So let me thank my guest. Jason Schick is the General Manager for U.S. Public Sector at Confluent. Jason, thank you so much. Jason, thank you. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search innovation. Thank you for listening to the Innovation in Government show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. The entire discussion can be found on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com, keyword innovation. Confluent is building the foundational platform for data in motion. 
Our offering runs wherever the mission is, in the cloud, on-prem, and at the edge. Designed to be the intelligent connective tissue enabling real-time data from multiple sources to constantly stream across your agency. With Confluent, agencies can create a central nervous system to innovate in a digital-first world. Your agency is in motion. Now you have a data platform for it. Learn more at confluent.io government.